0: Hi, we're the Good Ship Illustration and we run online courses to help illustrators and
1: image makers navigate a creative career. We are Tanya, Katie and Helen. We have about 70 years experience between us, each of us working in a different area of illustration.
2: This series is a special picture book series of podcast podcasts. Question and answer sessions. Um, right now, the doors to the picture book course are open, so you can just Google the Good Ship Picture Book Course, and we should show up. Um, but we'll pop a link in the description as well.
1: We've got a special Q and A on Wednesday on Instagram Live, haven't we? Yes. Seven o'clock Wednesday. Turn up, ask all your questions there about the course or picture books, whatever.
2: Yeah. And if you want to make sure you get all the email reminders and stuff, just make sure you're getting our emails, which you can do on our website, thegoodshipillustration.com. Um, yeah, we'll see you there. Welcome to this episode of our Picture Book special mini-series of podcasts. Today, there's a few things worth mentioning before we get stuck into the questions. So the first one is it's Art Club tonight. It'd be lovely to see you there. Everybody's welcome. It's
1: That's a- seven o'clock UK time, free on Insta for everybody.
2: Yes, and then after Art Club, the doors will be closing to the Picture Book course. So if you do feel like joining in, now's the best time to hop
1: in. Um, but don't... don't um- email us afterwards asking when the doors are closed because <laughs> we always say this, don't we? We're, we're very lazy. It's not really laziness, is it? The software is just really hard to sneak anybody in after the doors have closed. So if you want to get in, get in before doors close.
2: Yeah. And if you miss it, there will be another live round, but we don't know when yet. Um, We're not that organised, but it will be next year. Mm. <laughs> okay. So with that all out of the way, let's do the first question. So this one is all about finding stories to illustrate so this person isn't drawing their own no they're not writing their own stories Mm -hmm. but they want to illustrate stories so where can they find
1: things oh that's a really good question there are a couple of things i want to say here is if you definitely don't want to write and you know you're just an illustrator then you need to make a folio full of lovely images and it's really handy to have something to hang those images on so you could you know take a story uh, fairy tales are a good start have you got any suggestions tanya Po, you could find poem. You could just write a little journey. So you don't, you don't need to be a good writer. Just think, okay, I've drawn this character. I really like her. She's going to go on a journey today. And then you can fill your whole page with a picture of your character. Maybe they meet somebody. They go somewhere together. None of this is written. It's all drawn. And in that little made up story, you're going to have interactions between characters and funny things happening. So. Yeah, you don't need to be a writer, but as long as you can kind of imagine a story for your folio, that would work really well. But you could also do
0: non-fiction work, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't need a story, so you don't have to be a writer. If, if you don't feel like a, an author-illustrator-type character, you could just focus on your favourite things. Maybe they're whales, or you know, whales as in the animal, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or the place too, you both are equally valid, aren't they? Like, <laughs> um or you could mushrooms, do... Mushrooms, Tanya? Yeah, mushrooms. Or you could do the really simple, your version of an ABC or your version of a numbers book or of a kind of dictionary. It, if you look at the kind of very typical nonfiction books out there, just take one of those ideas and illustrate to that. It may not be character-led, but you can still have character-led non-fiction books as well. You know, a, a character is guiding you through different aspects of learning about a subject.
1: You might not think of yourself as a writer, but you might actually, that might be a secret talent you don't know about yet. Because when I first started in picture books, I went to art school. I only thought of myself as an illustrator. Um, I never, I just didn't even consider writing a book. And then I went to see a few publishers and they all said, yeah, we really like your illustration work. When we find you a story, we'll give you a ring. But you know, I'm, I'm really impatient. And a few weeks went by and they hadn't found me a story. And so I just thought, oh. I'll have a go at writing one myself it can't be that hard that was a silly you know it is quite difficult but I wrote my first one at the dining room table in one night took it back and they published it and then from then on I was learning on the job I've just learned as I've gone it's
2: the best way to learn j- yeah Check yourself the in at the best end. yeah see
1: what happens like I'm not saying that's the best book I ever wrote I'm kind of glad it's out of print but it was a foot in the door and I learned on the job and if you do our picture book course, we have loads of tasks in the picture book course that will get you started on your own story if you want to do that. We've actually got a freebie on the website as well, haven't we? We've got the character workshop. Yes.
2: And that'll be, if you go in the freebies bit of our website, it's the, top, the big button on the top right hand of the Um Yeah, freebies, and you'll see it on there.
0: But there's also your Childhood Illustrated workshop, Mm. which is another great way to trigger stories just by kind of digging into your childhood.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just scribbling memories from your childhood often brings back all of those emotions and feelings of what it was like to be a child. That's a really good starting point as well. But then
0: looking at the same subject of I'm an illustrator, but I don't want to write the story. You can equally say a lot of people think you've got to arrive as a team to a publisher with a great story. So quite often these relationships are writer led in that a writer will say, I've got a great story. Will you illustrate it for me? And we'll go to the publishers. But it doesn't
1: work like that. No, I would stay clear of that. I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, but the publishers really like to put a, and they're very experienced at putting a writer and an illustrator together. And I think if you arrive as a team, you've got to be ready that the publisher might drop one of you, or they might be so worried about spoiling your relationship, that they just reject the whole book. So I would be really wary of that. There's that thing sometimes, we've all had it, where somebody's written a story and they're not published. And they say, will you illustrate it? And then we'll take it to the publisher. I would seriously avoid that at all costs. Avoid it. You're going to be illustrating for free. The chances are the publisher won't take it because they prefer to match a a, a text with an illustrator. And they're so good at it. They want to be involved in that point. So yeah, I would avoid that.
0: And I think even if a writer is so keen and they quite often they don't understand for a new storybook writer how the, how the system works and they'll pay you. But I don't see that really an individual can offer enough money to really pay an illustrator to do what, how many spreads? Yeah, 14,
1: yeah. 15, 16 spreads. The other thing is they probably, if they've written it and they have no experience of working with a publisher or an illustrator, they've probably got ideas in their head. And they're probably going to say to you, but I imagined it like this. And the enormous amount of changes and the the terrible pain of working with somebody who has images in their head that they want you to create, it's just not worth it. Yeah, and not they're, they're not
0: visually led. So mm. you're kind of sort of, yeah, it's not even, a good situation. E- even
2: the weird pressure if they can pay you well, and it's from their personal savings. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's your personal money. <laughs> oh, it's It's not a nice
0: feeling.
1: What if they say my favorite color is purple? Yeah. Yeah. Up, up, Where
0: up, are <laughs> and you know quite often it's a, you know people write about things they love that are dear to them so they have very clear ideas about what they should look like so we had a student who in order to supplement her this isn't a good ship student but at college in order to supplement her final year's work she took a commission from someone who wrote a story about their dog but they started art directing her and it was all wrong and so from an educational point of view the images that were coming out were compromised by the power dynamics of the relationship with the writer. And as a tutor, I couldn't then give her advice when she was already receiving instruction from the writer. It was an absolute nightmare
1: because then her work
0: wasn't good enough at the end. Sorry, Tanya. No, don't (laughs) worry. I
1: was just going to say the publisher are really good at keeping the author and the illustrator apart, which Mm. people are often surprised by that, that the first time you meet your author is when you're promoting the book when it's out in the shops. And that's because the publisher, they really keep you both separate so that the author can't be doing that, can't be giving their own art direction and just muddying the waters with their opinion. They really make it clear to the author, we've chosen an illustrator. We think they're going to do this well. You have to let go of it and leave it to them because you can't work like that as an illustrator. You can't draw exactly what's in somebody else's head. It's got to come from your heart. Mm. So the publisher are really good at negotiating that. They keep you well apart
0: and your art directors. I mean, your mm. art directors at Walker are just amazing, aren't they? They know mm. what makes a good spread, what makes a good book. And so whether you're an illustrator working with an art director or you're a writer working with an editor, that's a dream situation. You've got someone at the top of their game, helping you make what you've got even better. So if you're approaching picture books from the point of view as of a writer or as an illustrator, just go it alone if you need to. But if you embody both skills, all to the better but don't feel you have to ha- have written the story. It's okay if you just want to be an illustrator.
1: It's amazing, though, how a lot of people... Like, the way that I write, I wouldn't say that I'm a writer. I couldn't... I, f- I would find it hard to go away and write a story without ever having made anything visual first. The story almost always starts with something visual, and then as I write, I draw at the same time, and the story evolves from drawing and seeing where the character leads me and then writing a bit and then coming back to the drawing. I think being a writer-illustrator is a very different thing to being just a writer. So you might not think of yourself as a writer, but you might be a good visual storyteller. So um, yeah, we, we explore that a lot in the picture book course. We find ways of helping you make your own story. There's so many people that have come out of picture
0: book course who went in as illustrators and didn't imagine they would have the book content by the end, most of them have got it, haven't they?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Helen's got lots of good tools for eking a story out of mm-hmm. you, whether you think you can do it or not. Um, so there was another question. I haven't got the exact words here, but the general gist was like, what do you reckon of this? the thing? You've said it's been happening for years, but this move to shorter, less words in picture books. Yeah,
1: that that, that is a thing. So I think in, when you buy a vintage picture books from the 60s and 70s or before – Picture books were much wordier. They were long pieces of text, like 500 words, 700 words. We've got a brilliant book by John Burningham called Borker. I think it came out in the 70s. I think it's about geese. It's so good. It's absolutely brilliant. The text is really long in a way that you very rarely see in a picture book, or at least a British picture book. Anyway, the trend seems to have been, ever since I've been doing it in the 90s, has been shorter text. Every now and again something breaks the rule. I think the Gruffalo is probably a bit of a longer picture book format. So I think um yeah, try and keep it you you've you're really taking into account how likely it is you'll get published. So if you keep it short, sort of two hundred words, it's an easier thing for the publisher to publish. Yeah, There's always easier. exceptions, aren't there, where they'll do something longer, but
2: Yeah. You'd be more allowed you'd be more likely to get away with breaking the rules if you've already
0: made a name for yourself. Yeah. 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 What what does two hundred words look like for uh, example on a double mm, page spread? If you've mm. you got a small sentence on each page? Yeah.
1: A sentence or two on each page, or like you might have three vignettes with a short sentence on each vignette and then two sentences on the other side of the double page spread. Yeah. Whereas you know, you look at some books from the seventies and almost what of a double page spread, a half spread could be text. And the other half could be pictures. It is a shame because there are some really lovely books with longer text. Lots of them, I really like lots of the 1970s John Burningham books with longer text. Um, it just, Yeah. Just doesn't seem to be the fashion at the moment. Yeah. That's that's
2: good to know if you're completely new to picture
1: books. Mm. Like any
2: writing stories. Keep them short.
1: Mm. Well, you know, if a publisher, if you've written it longer and the publisher absolutely love it, they'll help you knock it into shape. They'd help you edit it. But, there's a rule of thumb. 200 words is about right. Yeah.
2: So there was a question here as well about struggling to visualise. So this person's written a story but they're, and they're illustrating it, but they're really struggling to visualise what the children and their stories look
1: like. And Don't worry, you're in luck because <laughs> we did a workshop about this <laughs> yes. just the other day. She says, I can draw everything except the characters. Any advice on character design? Yeah, brilliant. We've got a freebie on the website that we just mentioned before. Go on the website. Have a look at that. We'll get you started. Yes. And in the course, there's loads of character stuff in the course. That's so
0: unusual, isn't it? For someone to say, I can draw everything else except characters. Most people are character driven. And the big question the is, how do we do backgrounds? Yeah. yeah. So that's mm. quite an unusual one. Mm. But the
2: character workshop's great. It's just like a quick fire series of prompts, isn't it? And we've yeah. done it on Instagram a few times, but this time we were like, okay, it's going to go on Zoom so that it can live forever on the website. It's, it's
1: amazing what you can do against a clock. So at Art Club, we always draw it against a clock. And then we've done these... Um, character-making workshops against the clock as well. And when you put all... You have no time to worry about it when you're against the clock. So when you put all of those worries and, oh what if the character doesn't work if I do this? You put all that aside and you've just got a timer on. You've got to get it down on paper. It's amazing what you can create in those little short spaces of time. It's mm, magic. Yeah.
2: And next one. This one, it's not about picture books. Mm-hmm. So it's naughty. You to sneak this one in. Mm-hmm.
1: It's about live illustration. Oh, shall I read this one out? Yeah. So... This is for you, Katie. It says, what are your top tips for live illustration? Would love to know more about how Katie does what she does. Maybe you should explain what you do.
2: Yes. So I do live event illustration. So basically that just means I draw pictures at events and meetings while people are talking. So people are talking about things and I'm drawing pictures live. Um, And I've done that for lots of companies like Google, Apple, Netflix. Um, But the reason I became a live illustrator is actually because of my inability to do deadlines. <laughs> so just created a whole business around my inability to do normal Illustrator things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the adrenaline and fear of a live event makes me get stuff done. Um, and I found out it's something I really enjoy doing. So yeah, here's my top tips. And the first tip is to draw very fast. It sounds really obvious, but you know you've got to be super quick. You can't draw everything that everyone's talking about. And I always think that's a mistake people make when they're starting out is they feel like they've got to be like an AI transcript machine and draw absolutely everything. Um, But firstly, you can't do that because you're a human, not a machine. (laughs) Secondly, when you draw too much content, it starts to look naff because it's too full and it's just all words. Nobody's looking at an illustration because they want to read loads. So just like the more pictures, the better. Um, So yeah, don't draw everything. Uh, and have fun. I think because it's scary, you can easily get really like tense and like, oh my God, and have a terrible time. Um, so the best, th- and annoyingly, the only way to learn is to throw yourself into it and to force yourself to do it. Like everything, learn on the job. Exactly. And mm. drawing TED Talks in your bedroom is a great way to start, but it's not the same. Firstly, TED Talks are so heavily scripted that everything they say is perfect content and you can't draw it all and it's really stressful. But when human beings are talking <laughs> in a less practiced way you know like human conversation that meanders around so like probably podcasts are much easier to draw actually mm. um because it's more of a human way more, of
0: talk. more o- organic
2: yeah it's more organic um so you could like go to actual events and draw people talking but you can't do it for free forever as well if you want to do it as a paid thing you know you gotta start charging people beer. Mm-hmm. but do clients ever come
1: back and ask you for changes after the live event
2: yes but i've got good boundaries now mm-hmm. so like you were talking about in the doing picture book things for schools in the same way like for live illustration i've got clear boundaries so i say like this is what i consider an easy change and I'll, it'll take me like two working days to do it i don't work fridays this is a big change it'll take up to 10 working days i don't work fridays um, <laughs> ps i don't work fridays <laughs> and then you know and like this sort of change will be charged extra you don't have to have changes if you don't want changes so it's yeah sometimes they, but it's usually things like i might have done a little spelling mistake or i've missed off something I didn't think that's what I would
1: do it'd be full of spelling mistakes it'd be atrocious me too
2: (laughs) it's only ever the names like people's names I get wrong even if they're written on the screen sometimes they're just like obviously very rarely and very
1: reliable and so you were telling us once that you have like a catalogue of symbols that are very useful when you're doing these
2: yeah so like the same sort of things come up again and again and again so you get like almost a bank of icons in your head which feels like the opposite of observational drawing because you're like a globe, a hand holding a heart. Was, some of them are quite cheesy and gross, but then they do get the words across really quickly without having to write words. Um, so yeah, you're developing your own bank of icon- icons like that can be really helpful. You should have a
1: look on Katie's Instagram for some examples of it because it's brilliant. Mm. We should have a kind of Katie Pictionary um, <laughs> Christmas
0: party. I feel
2: like I <laughs> have an unfair advantage yeah, of Pictionary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you really drunk first, so you yes. can't think straight. The other thing I think about your your you know your job area you must be a complete genius you know everything about the world because you've been on in on private conferences where they're talking about the future just random knowledge about
2: silly things yeah (laughs) like leadership conferences and like environmental issues and acronyms for things i don't need to know acronyms for it's great
0: do you look at the news and think oh god guys you're so far far behind (laughs) they're not doing that they've got a whole other plan now i heard Isn't
2: this? you do see like a general like a general thermometer of the world like covid obviously was a huge topic for ages yeah and then the great res- resignation that everyone was quitting their jobs that was a big one for a while talent retention yeah <laughs> it's
1: also a thing now everyone's quitting their jobs um you must have a very organized brain to be able to pick out which bits of the talk are important and organize them on the paper in yeah. a nice
2: way for, i feel like my brain maybe it's because my brain's so disorganized like, one thing pops out in my mind, I'm like, ooh, better write that down. That's something good. <laughs> 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 like, it's just like pure chaos. And if something pokes its head above, I'm like, take that. Oh, that's
1: amazing. Yeah. I'd love to You do should a do a
2: course. I was yeah. going to say that. Yeah, like, you should do a course about this. One day, I would love to do a course on mm. it in, in the good ship. Like, after mm. all the after <sighs> business courses, birth and everything, I think it would be really fun to yeah, share. Yeah, that
0: would be so good. Yeah, I'd like yeah so. watch this space for next year. Mm. Everyone's been asking for it, though. So next year would be We're not pushing you or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's time that we're ready. Yeah, I think so. Can I ask one of the really straightforward questions that people always ask over and over again about picture books? Um, If there's a potential picture book idea, is it enough to approach publishers with the cover, the main character design, two to three spreads, and a synopsis of the story, like a bit more than an elevator pitch? Or are they expecting a full-blown mock-up of the book?
1: The first, the first option. Do not do the second one. The first one is it is enough, Uh, uh, a kind of summary of the story, or if you've written it, the whole story, a couple of spreads so they get an idea of what it'll look like. But don't think those are going to be the final versions. They're not the final versions of those spreads because as soon as you get a contract with a publisher, they're going to wade in there with their own advice. And and their advice is good because they've made so many books. So, you know, send them some samples of your work generally, one or two spreads from the book, um, a summary of the story, a synopsis of the story, maybe some little sketches that you've done, you know, development sketches for a character. And yeah, they'll sign, you'll, you can get a contract off the back of that. I think if you went in with a completely finished book, they would worry that you were too precious and you didn't want to change anything. And Good. it might actually put them off. And imagine all the work you've done for no reason. So you think you don't even need the cover, you could do the synopsis? No couple of double page
0: spreads, character development sketches.
1: Sometimes I do thumbnails, and I might do a little thumbnail of a possible cover, but that hardly ever makes it to the final cover. So I'd just do a thumbnail, do a thumbnail, thumbnails of all of the pages very, very roughly, and the synopsis of the story, or sometimes I've got the story and I type it out. One time I was commissioned on the strength of lots of drawings of a dog that I'd met at a, uh, you know, a dog re-housing re- shelter. Farm. Yeah, <laughs> dog farm. <laughs> at Battersea Dogs Home. Uh, I had done lots of sketches of the dog. One in particular I really liked and I'd written the word bag above it. And I knew it was going to be a dog without a home. That's all I knew. And my agent sent it to my would-be publisher and just said, who will give this dog a home? And the publisher replied, we will. And then that became the book. So you you definitely don't need a full a fully illustrated finished book. Is, that might be the record for
0: the smallest amount of input into the book before bagging the deal.
1: <laughs> I don't think it... No, often... I think once you've gotten your, your foot in the door and yeah. people know that you are capable of making a book, they'll give you a contract on an idea like that. And then sometimes you might say, I know we said we were going to do this idea, but now I've got another one. And they're flexible about it. They'll say, oh, yeah. right, you've gone off um unicorns now okay we'll do one about oh, what Pirates. whatever your obsession is yeah 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 it's
2: showing that you're flexible isn't it
1: yeah and they can be flexible you're flexible creative you've got lots of ideas you like working in a team you're happy to take their ideas on board i i, I would also not send a publisher just one if you're going to send them a book idea you need to make sure they know you've got lots of ideas, maybe some bits from sketchbooks, little characters, and say, can I come and see you and show you all the interesting things happening in my sketchbooks? Um, they want to see you as a whole person. They want to know that you are not, you haven't got this one idea and that you're precious about that one. Yeah. They want to know that generally you're a creative person who can generate more ideas. And, and if you're thinking, well, how do I even get to
0: see these people in real life? Even doing that's a big ask. But as visual people, we could make up the equivalent uh, kind of digital PDF portfolio mm. and send that to them and go, right, here's my main idea, but I've got two or three, look on these other pages, here's some scribbles and here's one mm. made into a full-blown character. So you can literally virtually ape the meeting you would have with a publisher that you can't get to see because you're an, you're an early career illustrator by putting together a kind of really compelling pdf like deck portfolio that you Mm. can send to them or that your literary agent can send to them
1: or put loads of those little bits of your idea on instagram so you know your character's face and then your character meets their friend and you know you could sort of tell the story visually in very rough form on instagram and if you're part of a nice big community of other illustrators who know publishers who know editors and you're in that you know follow the nice hashtags where all of those people are hanging out, like Walk to Sea or Good Ship (laughs) Hello. or um, You can make connections that way and publishers are actively looking for people on Instagram. So, you know, don't write your whole story out and share that, but you can share tiny elements that show how lovely your work is. I know people who've been commissioned for a picture book off the back of a lovely image on Instagram. Oh, that's heartening. Mm.
0: Isn't there um, a hashtag for children's picture book pitch? There's some pitch... Um hashtags yeah, yeah. are there something.
2: Like, is it picture book postcard or something?
1: Mm, I'm not sure about that one. I'm sure I don't see know? one
2: floating around where it's like you just put a little postcard of like the sort of work you do and your mm. details, I think. Mm. I'm not Google it. I'm not Google mm. it
0: I'm yeah, not actually sure. that would be so much easier than sending to people. Just do the equivalent of your who will give this dog a home flea bag mm. but do it over a few yeah. days on yeah. Instagram mm. with the right hashtags. Mm. Wow, that's perfect. Do you want to do any more questions or are we nearly done? I think gone? that's all of our
2: questions for that Brilliant. one. Excellent. If you do decide to join the course, we'll see you in there. Um, yeah, because the doors close tonight. Yeah, Friday night, art club tonight, doors close after art
1: club. Yes.
2: <laughs> and if you've got any more questions that you'd like us to ans- ask, uh, answer on the next series of podcasts, uh, email them to us. We're goodshipillo at gmail.com. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And- that's we it. always find it hard to say goodbye yeah. don't we? we always go eh. we're all just looking bye. at each other Should
0: we just loiter a bit here until yeah. the, <laughs> the people who are listening drift off and then we can go alright yeah. right. Bye, bye for now bye, bye.